0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes to us and gives us a faith that gives us courage to go out into the world and speak His name. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you've probably been seeing a lot of the Titanic recently. In fact, it kind of threw me for a loop. I wasn't quite sure exactly what was happening there for a little while. It seemed like the Titanic was popping up everywhere. The Titanic was at the Mary Brogan Museum. The Titanic was uh, being released again in 3D as if it wasn't bad enough before. And then all of a sudden, ABC is doing this other Titanic, which is just about as long, just about as boring, but no Leonardo DiCaprio. And so I was just really confused about where this whole Titanic thing came from. And then I found out that April 15th is the 100th anniversary of the Titanic going down. And so that's why we're seeing all of this stuff about the Titanic and and kind of uh, going through all of that Titanic stuff once again. And it's in our minds, it's in our collective conscience to think about that ship going down 100 years ago on April 15th. Well, on April 15th, there was this guy named Thomas Biles. He was a, a Roman Catholic priest who was on the Titanic. And that night, just before it hit the iceberg, he was up on the top deck saying his prayers, saying his normal prayers, reciting his breviary, which was a little prayer book that he brought along with him, and he would say prayers from that book every day, because that is what they had taught him to do as a priest. That is one of the faithful actions that they said, this is what it means to be a priest that you will be faithful in this seemingly small thing. But you'll be very faithful in it. You'll do it every day, basically at the same time. And so that's what he was doing. Up there on that top deck, saying his prayers faithfully as he had done them for years upon years. Being the faithful priest that he knew he could be. Being the faithful priest who was following, step by step, after the Lord who came to him and said, follow me. Well, in just a little while after saying his prayers, that ship hit that iceberg. And you can imagine the shock and the terror that he must have felt when he felt that ship shudder. And then in the preceding minutes and hours, as he began to things look worse and worse. And all he did was try to continue to be faithful. Try to continue to put one foot in front of the other in being faithful to what the Lord Jesus was calling him to do. He didn't know, they hadn't taught him at the seminary, what you do in case a ship is going down. They didn't teach me that either in the seminary. But he knew that there were faithful actions that he was being called to. One, two, step by step. So he started off leading a prayer with some of the people that were around him because he knew that that was the faithful action that Jesus was calling him to. And then the next thing that he did was he began to hear confessions of people so that they could get this sin off of their souls out in front of another human being so that he might give them absolution. Because that was the next faithful thing that he was being called to do. And then, in his faithfulness, he was called to lead people and bring them to the lifeboats and so that's what he did he gathered people together and he led them over to the lifeboats and made sure that they could get in women and children first and then in another step of faithfulness he gave up his seat in one of those lifeboats and walked over to the next lifeboat and got people in that one and gave up his seat in that lifeboat that night He died in those icy waters of the Atlantic. He died this frightful death that we see in all of those movies. But he lived a life of faithfulness. A life that when we look at it, we can still tell the story and we can still be amazed by that life of faithfulness. It wasn't that he knew everything to do. He was just reacting, just responding, but he knew that he had to be faithful. He knew that he was called to be faithful, to put one step in front of the other, to put one action in front of the other, and to listen to what his Lord was asking of him. Those kind of lives, those lives of faithfulness, are lives that inspire us. Lives that make us want to live a life of faithfulness. Lives that seem almost miraculous in some sort of way. Well, there was another set of lives of faithfulness that the people in our Acts reading were seeing. They were seeing the lives of faithfulness of these two apostles of this Jesus Christ who had been crucified on a cross, and then there were rumors going around that he had raised from the dead. They had these lives of this odd faithfulness that seemed to have this sort of courage that they knew that all they had to do was put one step in front of the other, one action in front of the other, follow this Jesus Christ that they had followed ever since he said, follow me. And one of those actions was that they went to church. So they were walking to church, they were walking to the temple, and there in front of the temple they saw this, this man. This man who had never been in that church, this man who had never been in that temple because he had been a cripple from birth, and that was considered to be unclean. And so all he could do was sit outside of that church, sit outside of that temple and beg so that he might receive a coin or two and be able to continue to live. And he knew what faithfulness was all about. Because he knew that the only thing that he could do in his life was to be faithful in getting to that gate called beautiful every morning so that he might receive some mercy from somebody walking by. And so these two faithful men, Peter and John, walk by this man whose head was down, the scriptures tell us. Maybe they were down because he didn't want to look at anybody else. He didn't want to see the expressions on their face. Or maybe... His head was just down because he was so beat up by life. But whatever it was, Peter heard his Lord calling him to an act of faithfulness. An act of faithfulness that probably seemed a little bit bizarre to Peter. An act of faithfulness that would seem bizarre to you and me. An act of faithfulness that if it happened to you, if you heard this sort of inner voice talking to you and telling you to do this, you would probably wonder what was happening inside of your brain. The voice says, Heal him in the name of Jesus. And so Peter... looks over at the man and says, look at me. And then says, by the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command you, get up. And he does. Not because Peter is some sort of fantastic magician or some sort of faith healer that has all of this stuff kind of boiling up inside him, that he's this magic guy that can go around healing whoever he wants to, but this was what he was called to in faithfulness. And he does it, and it happens. And the guy gets up. And he is excited! I mean, wouldn't you be? You've been crippled your entire life, and all of a sudden, this guy comes to you and says, look at me, get up. And so they go into church together, because now he can. They go into church together, because now they can. And he is praising God in that church like nobody has ever seen before. The scriptures even say that he was hanging all over Peter and John. You can imagine how chummy they must be by now. Peter and John probably a little bit freaked out. And this formerly crippled man just bouncing up and down. So excited. He can walk now. And I'm sure he caused a scene. I mean, wouldn't it cause a scene in this church if somebody did that? And there were a whole bunch of people outside of church. A whole bunch of people that knew what it was like to be outside of that church. They hung around there all day. They were the money changers. They were the other people that were crippled. And so when they come out, a crowd is already formed. And they're wondering, what happened? As they see this former cripple bouncing up and down, holding on to the shoulders of Peter and John, smiling as big as he can. What has happened is faith. And that is exactly how Peter responds to this crowd. He says, why are you looking at us like we did something? We didn't do anything. It was the name of Jesus that did this. Of course, that doesn't really make sense to us. The name of Jesus. So does that mean that any time that we know somebody that's sick, or somebody that has cancer, or somebody that has something going on in their life, that we just walk up to them and say, in the name of Jesus, and then all of a sudden we're expecting them to not have that problem anymore? Well, we actually do believe that if you feel God is truly, truly calling you to do that, that it's something that you should do. But not all of us are called to that. But there's something else that we're called to. I mean, we're all called to these lives of faith. And God is such an amazing God that He calls each and every one of us to a life of faith that is like Tom Biles, the father who is on the Titanic. Lives of faith that are like Peter and John. Lives of faith that are like the people that you know in your lives. Lives of faith that simply respond to what you know God is calling you to. But you see, there's a problem with us. And that problem, what Peter tells us that problem is, is ignorance. That's what he says to the crowd that's assembled there. He says, you know what your problem is? You're ignorant. You are in a state of ignoring. And let me tell you, this is how I know that you're in that state of ignoring. Because God sent His only Son... To come to you so that you might know that He was God, that you might know that He was here to save you, that you might know that He was here to call you into faithfulness, and you ignored Him. And when you ignored Him, you tacked Him up on a cross. You killed the author and perfecter of life because of your ignorance, not because of your stupidity. They're different. Stupidity, we can kind of give you a pass. Ignorance, we can't. That's all on you. And he says, But you were ignorant. So we'll give you at least a second chance. This Lord is Jesus Christ. And even though you killed him, he rose again from the tomb. And so you can listen to him again. Don't be ignorant again. Listen to him calling out to you. Calling out to you and asking you to live a life of faith in him. Don't ignore him this time. And that comes into our lives then too. We ignore God. We don't listen to what he has to tell us all of the time. In fact, sometimes we even sort of hear little bits of what he might be telling us, and we think that that's really scary, and so we run away from it. We say, oh, no, uh, well, you know, God doesn't do those things anymore. God doesn't heal people anymore. God doesn't talk to people anymore. God, you know, he's yeah, no, God simply does not do the miraculous anymore. Mm-mm. Which is always bizarre because then we pray later on in the service and we ask God for miracles. But whatever, you know. And then we go, well, okay, maybe God does do miracles. But God is not asking me to live a life of faithfulness. I mean, God knows how much of a wretched sinner I am. God knows how much of a screw-up I am. He is not asking me to do anything like that. Just like he wasn't asking Peter, the guy who denied him three times in front of everybody, to go and heal a guy. Just like he wasn't asking John, probably the guy who ran away naked on the night that he was arrested, to do anything. Yeah. He's asking you to live a life of faith. And you can see that as a burden, or you can see that as maybe one of the greatest gifts that He's given to you after He saved you. He saved you. That is the greatest gift. You are in His family. He does do miracles. And the first miracle that He did in your life was that He saved you. And the second miracle is this. He calls you to do things in your life. To listen to Him and not to ignore Him. And to listen to the magical, fantastic future that He has set before you. A lot of you are getting done with finals. Some of you are getting done with your entire career here at FSU. God is calling you into an amazing future. An amazing future that if you listen to him in that future, if you do not ignore his word, which comes to you from the Bible, if you do not ignore his sacraments that reassure you once and again that you are saved, that you are loved, if you listen to those things you will be able to hear the fantastic calling that he has for you. And maybe it's not going to be healing a guy. Maybe it's not going to be hearing confessions on some sinking ship. But it is going to be amazing. He is risen. risen, risen. Hallelujah.